The Koigig Pod on OTB Sports in association with Cadbury. A player and a half deserves a glass and a half of support. Top pocket goal! It's what dreams are made of. They are going to the World Cup Finals! Hello and welcome to a very special episode of the Koi Gig podcast where for the first time ever we've actually managed to get all of us in a room. I think it's so funny when I walked in earlier Karen I literally saw you and I was like what do I do at this moment? Like we've been talking for two years over Zoom. (laughs) It's like a really weird date situation or something where you're talking online for ages and then you meet someone in person. Yeah we're like those like game... Game Boy PlayStation people, I don't even know. <laughs> so <Sorry>. Game Boy. Yeah. <laughs> Call of Duty people, I don't know. It's lovely to meet you it's in real lovely life. lovely to meet you too. I'm normally staring at you on the television screen or else on the other side of the Zoom. And of course, we have Emma Byrne with us as well, which is very nice because you were not in the country all that often. So we had to grab the oh, opportunity while yeah. we could. No, it's brilliant. It's so nice to be here. This studio is so cool. I love it. I'm just like in awe looking around and obviously great to see Carol here well, your face could say it as well weird that I, I have to face this way I feel like I just want to face forward and just see the two of you there yeah <laughs> have all your notes in front of you that we normally can't see with all, all the good stuff That's I actually think true. there's a ball that you've signed that's up there as well so there's signature yeah there's always a yeah. little bit of Emma Byrne in the studio maybe that's why you think it's so cool yeah, no, it's very cool. I can see my name, see my shirt over there. <laughs> no, <laughs> any joking though. It's really cool. Very, very nice, trendy little place. Yeah. yeah, well, it's very nice to have you guys here. And what better time to do it than in the lead up to the World Cup semi-finals? Uh, I mean, those quarterfinals were something else in terms of the games that we managed to get. I don't know how I managed to stay up for the 2am one. And, and then it went to extra time. And like, I barely remember extra time because my eyes were just closing over for the whole thing. Um, but we had so many good extra minutes we had penalties we had incredible goalkeeping once again Emma like the same way we were talking about it earlier in the week so if you missed it for anyone who is listening in Spain beat Netherlands 2-1 Japan beat Sweden or Sweden beat Japan 2-1 Australia beat France on penalties and then England beat Colombia 2-1 so all quite similar that means for the semi-finals we'll have Spain versus Sweden that's on Tuesday at 9am Irish time and then Australia versus England that's 11am Wednesday some of the predictions didn't go quite to plan for us in what we said in the last <laughs> podcast, Emma. We haven't had Karen for a while, so I can't make fun of any of your predictions, sadly. But uh, I mean, it's I, I got it all right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's impossible to call the games. It really is. And it's a great thing. I don't mind being wrong <laughs> because I'm always surprised. Every game is really exciting right from the beginning. Well, it doesn't matter. They're, all the games are great. I mean... Just goals and goalkeeping specialities and it's just brilliant. I've really, really enjoyed it. And I think it's the first time I can genuinely say I've really, really enjoyed a World Cup. Every single game. Mm. It has been like next level in terms of the quality. The Like I started watching the Arsenal game after the England game yesterday and I was almost kind of bored by it. I was like, I don't want to watch the Premier League. I want to watch more football from the World Cup. This is so good. <laughs> Yeah, well, I think it was like the likes of Colombia and stuff coming through that were, had us really hooked in. Maybe we should talk about Japan first and just get the crying over and done with early in the podcast. I was actually cause... crying watching them. Yeah. Yeah. I was so sad. I was like, no, why? But why? I know. Why? Because they were one of your teams of the tournament. Yeah, I mean, 
it's just I'm just a little bit emotional about Japan <laughs> anyway they're just like such beautiful footballers and they're so disciplined and I imagine they're absolute dream to coach and you know they're just I just love them I love them and then they go I just was so sad because they really didn't perform mm. how they should have I was sad for them like they could have done so much better I don't know why Endo was on the bench I text my friend in Japan I was like why just why 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 that was all why <laughs> and she was like we don't know either <laughs> like I didn't even have to mention any names and um, yeah it's just really sad I wanted to see them I would, I would have loved to see a Spain-Japan game again that would have been yeah, that would really have been interesting but um not to be, but I just think they've just gained so many fans and all of the kids in League Slip that I've spoken to want a, a Japan jersey, not just because it's beautiful pink and purple, <laughs> because they're just, they all fell in love with Japan. And so, kind for you, with Sweden then coming into this game, not a lot of people gave them a chance and not a lot of people seem to enjoy watching them play. I am but, among those people. Yeah, yeah, but they've finally kind of come good in a way that we didn't expect them to. And I'm not entirely sure how they've managed it. Yeah, me neither. My expectations were really low after watching them against Ireland in the qualifiers. I really didn't think that they were going to come in and do much. And then the way they progressed throughout the tournament, they came up against USA squad who were similarly poor to watch um, I was actually I was very happy to see them get through that game Yeah, um, I think a lot of people were but yeah again I was on the Japan bandwagon like they were just so so good to watch and I think that's the, the beauty of the World Cup we get used to watching club teams dominate and come through and you appreciate how good they are and they're buying all these players in but when someone breaks through on the scene in international it kind of gives you hope that it'll happen to us someday and just watching good football free-flowing football people be able to express themselves in the way that Japan do Spain to a certain extent and the way Colombia did um, I would have loved to have seen them go one step further mm. yeah no I think a lot of people would have liked to have seen them keep playing and also the fans were great whenever I was over there too oh, yeah. which like kind of made me fall in love with them even more in terms then of what they did wrong for you Emma is it the selection choices is it the way they set up Japan yeah yeah everything <laughs> I mean, they're so good at going forward, so good at playing on the front foot, so good at exploiting weaknesses. They they were defensive. They looked tired. They did look tired, I have to say. Do you think the tournament was getting to them a little bit? I think it was just a little bit too much at that stage for them. Um, also, you're talking about a team that play to, to, you know, to get balls in the box in Sweden, to... They're, they're so good in the air. I mean, it is Japan's weakness and Japan would have known that. But I just don't know why they didn't play more aggressively. Mm. Um, and that word doesn't deserve to be in the same sentence. On the front foot. Japan. No, yeah. on the front foot, yeah. Um, yeah, and then I really, really don't understand why Endo wasn't playing. It has to be an injury. There's no other reason. Maybe they were protecting her a little bit, but... I mean, it just... I think if Japan get the first goal in that game, it's a completely different story. But they just didn't but start. You, you know, the, the, what's frustrating as well, the last 30 minutes or the last 15, certainly, mm. um, they were so good. They looked like they were going to score. Obviously, they got the penalty. It wasn't penalty. Well, no, that was who cares. <laughs> who cares? Who cares? <laughs> and I'm like, why didn't you play like this? Even just at the beginning of the second half, like you had a chance to go in and right the wrongs at half time get an endo on um, 
I thought, no, it wasn't to be. And then when I seen them all crying, even before the whistle, the final whistle went, they were all crying. I was just like pure sobbing on my sofa with my dogs. So I was like, it's okay. <laughs> and my little Japanese, something. my little Japanese Saki beside me. I was like, it's okay, Saki. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen you cry. I would have been very unsettled oh, no, by no. that. Oh, no, no. I feel like crying now. Even talk. I'm more like, oh, stop. Um, but yeah, no, I just, I fell in love. I, I, I just love Japan. But this is the tournament that I think just, I went over the top with. I was just like talking about Japan the whole time. Um, and they were just brilliant to watch and nobody expected them to be. And the, the Japan that I was expecting played against Sweden, mm. unfortunately. Um, but yeah, Hasegawa was so good in the middle as well. Looking forward to seeing her. Nagano is so good. That time mm. Nagano for Liverpool. So yeah, just unfortunate. And then Colombia broke my heart as well. That game was a tough watch. Uh, we actually had a little quick watching party while you guys were on the television and we watched it together and it was yeah, you funny. you were us for wearing pink. I mean, like, you were matching. It was a compliment. <laughs> really? Well, I, I felt good about myself. You both looked brilliant. We just thought it was very funny when we turned on and you guys were matching. Um, but yeah, you have to talk about the Colombians in terms of what they've done in this tournament. It was really funny watching that game yesterday and thinking like what was going through Vera Powell's head when she said, this is going to be the team that we're going to play right before we go into the World Cup. And like, I doubt anyone really expected them to go as far as they did. But like that goal you have to talk like it was a piece of pure brilliance from Kai Sado yeah. she's she's a player she's a great Ball. player she's definitely shone in this World Cup because I don't think she had a great season with Real Madrid like she looked good but you know she, she looked like a young player mm. that needed to work a little bit on stuff but the World Cup she just she had so much you know she looked like a, a player that's been playing in the World Cup her whole life she's so calm and it, very Lauren James like very similar like just able to shift the ball so well probably didn't play to her enough you could see that England were certainly afraid of her um, it's funny because she's not like a big player and a couple of times she was going up against Lucy Bronze who's quite physical and she had play. her skates uh, completely yeah. but it was so funny to watch because it was almost like Lucy Bronze was like bouncing who's off the her the senior player yeah. here and but who's all the experienced them, international the, yeah. like look at Lacey Santos she's five foot one she's smaller than my friend Mandy who is really happy about that for some <laughs> reason um, she's five foot one like really small player she's they're bouncing off her as well. Like mm. she was just so good. Absolute quality. And we're not even going to talk about Ramirez. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> Terrifying. bouncing off players. She was just absolutely brilliant. So yeah, that was a bit of heartbreak for me. For everyone, everyone that I speak to, like my dad was devastated. Like he's like, oh, it's such a shame. It felt more like Colombia lost it than England won it because of the yeah. way the first goal in particular went in as Just well. Just that decision making, the very final moments and... You know, they were, did really well because they did dominate towards the end. And then just those chances, Ramirez trying to shoot from a really awkward angle. Just look up like just that's when you need really experienced players to take the game by the scruff of the neck. And nobody could do that, unfortunately. I think it was Emma Hayes on the ITV commentary was saying that like with Columbia, it felt like they got parts of their game really, really right. But then towards the end, when they were trying to get back into it again, that they were more looking for another one of those minutes of magic, like a Casado goal or like the Lacey Santos one. They were trying for that rather than having the experience, which is kind of what you guys are saying. Well, when you think about how young some of the players are in the team, they haven't been a team together for that long, just based 
purely on age profile. So you'd imagine in four years time that they could get those things right and go progress even further if they stay on the same trajectory. Hoping it's not a one hit wonder with them mm. because they were so, so good to watch. Yeah. And of course, two injuries. That yeah. that was a, a major downer for them. Their centre back had Within to go the first off, five minutes. The right back. Mm. And then the keeper, whatever happened to her, that was huge. And I mean, although the pair they brought on. 18 year old oh she's brilliant I love oh her God. she's absolutely brilliant I we were in really the studio with Aoife Mannion we were like tell, tell your boss yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we need her. to get this get player you know they've lost United have lost Ona Batier they need a full back there's no one out there this is the player they need yeah. Anna Guzman, Guzman she's yeah. absolute quality she was so impressive I'm really surprised she didn't start. I mean, they have Venegas there, who's like their seasoned fullback, but you you have to put her on the pitch. Mm. She's so good. Yeah, so, so good. And then in terms of England, they're still rolling on. So that that prediction is still going fine for you. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Think about that. Great. Absolutely great. No, and they should be. Yeah. You know, they, they have a quality team. They've got really quality players in there. So they should, they, it's not easy for them. They haven't made it easy for themselves. I actually thought it would be a lot um, easier sailing for them, if that's even an expression. Um, but they've made it quite difficult. Nigeria was a really difficult test for them. Mm. Obviously, Colombia. Um, and it's a strange one because they look like it and I feel like they feel like they know it's not going well for them. Like you've seen Lucy Bronze's face after the game. They've just qualified for I the semi that strange. And mm. she looked absolutely devastated. Yeah. And I think that's performance related because they're not playing well. I don't think they're playing well. Um, I think they've got good enough players individually to get them through. I still think that they'll get to the final. Um, but they need to sort their formation. It's just not working. You can't play Lauren Hemp in the middle. Don't ask Lauren Hemp to play centrally mm. and have that many decisions to make. Mm. Keep her wide. Tell her what to do. That's where she's best. Yeah, their better chances really came from the wide areas. So we were kind of just saying, get get wing play. Get some yeah, they, actual they, they wingers no out wit, there. Yeah, did they? The only one that was giving them width in the first half was Lucy. But I thought playing a five across mm. the middle, they would. that's exactly what they'd be going for. You know, you've got Rachel Daly and Lucy Bronze, but they they just didn't have the width and they were trying to play centrally. And I understand that. That's why Lauren Hemp is in there. But she's not a central player. So they need to sort a few things out. But it's a matter of if it clicks, it clicks and they're going to be absolutely awesome. Do you think they've struggled the last couple of games because they're coming up against non-European footballing sides and it's a different style of play to what they're used to? Yeah, we spoke about that, didn't we? Because like, even if you look at most of the players on the team, it's not like any of them play that much. They might Some of them play in North America, but that's about the height of it. I definitely don't think they like the 1v1s. I actually think the back three played really well. I thought Alex Greenwood did really well because she would, for me, be a concern on a 1v1 space behind her. But she was excellent. I thought they were so good. Um, yeah, and then just... For me, it's the midfield. They've got. It's a strange thing to say because they've got one of the best midfielders it's in Kira Walsh. It's just not taken though, is it? George, uh, Georgia Sanway is so good as well, um, but they just get broken down too easy, and that's what England aren't used to. They're not used to, uh, you know, their midfield getting broken down and them running at the defenders. But um, again, it's just something they need to sort out. If they're going to play a double pivot, they have to learn how to play that well. Um, I don't think they should. I think Kira Walsh is so much better in there on her own, just bossing that area. I think Stanway is better when you just kind of let her be the box-to-box player as well. Yeah, she's, 
you know, she tends to drop in a little bit, mm. but she is better when she drops in unexpectedly, if yeah. you know what I mean. Like, she's very good at taking the pressure off Kira when Kira needs it, but she doesn't need it all the time. So it's just about timing and stuff like that. But I'm sure they're working hard on that. Well, it's funny, like when the teams came out for the second half, it's like the first time I've ever actually seen Serena Vigman look kind of worried. Like the camera panned her at one stage. She was worried in Nigeria. (laughs) But she just like, she let out this really obvious like breath of like nerves or something. And you don't see that from her a lot. Like normally she's quite straight faced when she's on the sidelines. So it was like she kind of knew herself things weren't clicking. And I, I wasn't sure if that was like a, I hope I've done enough to fix it or will we be able to fix it? But she clearly believes in that team. I mean, the first substitute didn't come until, was it into the 80th minute or something? Yeah, I think they changed it slightly. I think Toon became more connected to the midfield. Mm -hmm. So they started to overload there a little bit. Didn't create a huge amount of chances though because of that, because they did have more players back, but at least they got more passages of play and weren't as exposed as they were in the first half. They were so lucky at the time and at that goal. If they'd gone in in 1-0 down, you'd think she was nervous coming out then. (laughs) She would have been absolutely breaking it. But um, the goal came at, at a the perfect time to reset and just the worst time for Colombia because they were their backs were so up after that goal like the mm. balls around the stadium it felt like a home game for Colombia as well oh, the completely. support was incredible there um, and I don't know did England deal with that very well but they're going to have to get you well it's probably good for them to get used to that because the next game is well, going to be way yeah. <laughs> way worse although having said that I did find it possibly will be different now because of later stages of the tournament but like the English and Australian fans both weren't massively loud compared to like there was a lot of other teams that kind of brought a lot more colour like even the first game we played Australia and like the Irish fans outsang the Australians even though they were about three to one down in terms of the people there Um, speaking of Australia they beat France once again after they did it in their warm up game this I I was walking along Parkgate Street watching this on my phone because I was going to meet the girls to watch the second game and like I just let out this almighty yelp whenever the final penalty went in and like the people st- are sitting outside like Nancy Hans and Ryan's were just kind of like what is going on and I was like dancing in the street because it was just like so tense and I actually didn't realise how much I wanted Australia to do well until that moment yeah I think we felt a bit rattled in the studio when we were going in for the England game because we were watching the penalties and then we were just kind of like Exhausted after them. Yeah. Exhausted. <laughs> no, my anxiety levels were fairly high. Yeah, I mean, we were saying we felt a little bit sick. To yeah. Be <laughs> I mean, you imagine how the actual Australian experience. Like, just get it over. Yeah. It's too much. Oh no! When the keeper stepped up to take, I thought Emma was going to actually leave the studio. I was very annoyed. <laughs> No, but it's like not the keeper taking the penalty. That's grand. It's the time. Whatever. But... It's the fact. She has to go back in goal. Mm. And having taken a poor penalty for you as a goalkeeper mentally to go back and go. And you've seen it. It was such a poor effort from she her. I it. think it was Grace Gayoro came up to take it. Mackenzie Ireland should have saved that penalty. Mm. Like, should have. It was a poor effort from her. And I'm like, that's what happens. That's what happens when you take a penalty, you miss and you have to go back in. And you're still thinking about that missed penalty. <laughs> yeah. Well, she ended up getting player of the match, which is another goalkeeper getting player of the match. I feel like this must be like the biggest amount ever in a major tournament. Yeah. I mean, finally. Finally getting, you know, we deserve more credit. <laughs> um, no, goalkeeping's been great, which is fantastic. Lovely to see. There has been a few errors, but that happens, you know. Can't be brilliant all of the time. So um, two in the match yesterday I would say yeah speaking of goalkeeping errors I, I I 
I'm interested to know how Mary Earps comes back from that error. The last time I saw her making a mistake was the opening game of the season. Not the season just gone, the one before. I don't even know what year we're in, so whatever that was. <laughs> that long ago. Um, so she's not had to deal with that. But she, I mean, she's super professional anyway. I'm sure she is has done 350 retakes yeah. of that already. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was a mistake from her. So interested to see how she'll come back from that. But in general, goalkeepers will be brilliant. That's what happens when you invest in a certain position. That's what happens when you get proper coaches in. That's what happens when you invest time in mm. a very, very important position. The most important position. Wouldn't you agree? Shout out to the FAI. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, for, say for like the example of the two mistakes in the England-Columbia game, is it easier to come back from, say, the Mary Earps one, which is kind of like positional compared to scrambling a ball that you really, really should have? Oh, yeah, when it's always easier when you win. <laughs> <laughs> well, taking Definitely. the winning out of it, like which is easier to well, get Mary Earps was just a little positioning thing, I suppose. Her body was too square. This was a ball she could have just come off. The yeah, Colombian Perez, goal should Perez have just made a, pick it up. a major, mm. major mistake. That's yeah. the nicest way I'm going to say. <laughs> I did want to swear, but I won't. Um, she does make mistakes. I actually think Mary will be a lot harder on herself. Mm. She is very, she is very professional. She definitely has lost sleep over that. 100% and um, yeah she'll still be thinking about that for sure mm. she doesn't make mistakes I think um, she'll be very hard on herself because she, there was a good few things wrong with that like her position when we spoke about mm. body shape she turned into the goal instead of opening her shoulder up and working back she used the wrong hand because she was facing into her goal so yeah she yeah, there's a few things there to have a look at but again that will all be corrected in training for her yeah I think the biggest sleepless night though is like one of our Koi gig favourites Dali she mm. got two bites of the cherry for mm-hmm. the penalty and the second one was worse yeah I felt so sorry for her yeah. walking back towards the team after that like it's hard, isn't it, to take two penalties? Like, obviously, it's another chance, so it's it's an advantage. Um, I didn't sleep for about two weeks after I missed against Rovers. Imagine doing <laughs> that. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, but it, it's difficult, and it just it's just crazy. I mean, the penalties has just been crazy this World Cup. I mean, some very poor penalties. Yeah, yeah, poor penalties. But just in general, like the USA-Sweden game, that was just... <laughs> I found, that was like comedy. Yesterday I was stressed, that one I just couldn't stop laughing at. Yeah, well, it's just been so entertaining. That's what you want, like you want... We have so much to talk about. Mm-hmm. It, that's what you want. You mm-hmm. want to be able to talk about the games and be very positive. Obviously be critical when needs be. But it is mainly positive stuff. I mean, it's just great. We're winning. Football is winning. Yeah. Women's football has won. That's beautiful. <laughs> just don't want the games to start at like uh, two a.m. to keep going to penalties and extra time because I like my sleep. Um, so I was working that game, so don't even go there. <laughs> I was like, for God's sake, Spain, just score! Yeah, that went to extra time. That was a crazy. I was half asleep, so I was really wasn't my best. I was game. Fully I apologize. Didn't see it. <laughs> I won't direct too many questions your way then. But Emma, Spain, what are we thinking? Yeah, I actually think they're going to do it. I I know I said England were, but I think Spain are just coming into their form. They're peaking at the right time, even though it's crazy to say that they've 
been beaten 4 nil already and we're so bad. But I actually think that little slap on the wrist is going to help them and drive them. I think Alexia Boutais is get, finding her form. I think she's reaching that fitness levels that she needs to. I think we're going to see more of her in the game. I don't think she changed the game, but she certainly helped it when she came on. Um, and the players themselves really like Redondo in there. I'm hoping he sticks with her. They changed so much, though. I just hope, you know, a bit of consistency in there for the players as well. And, you know, we want to see a team that plays lovely football. Japan are gone, so now it's mm. Spain. So, up against Sweden, you think that they will be handy enough? I hope they win because Sweden bored me through this tournament, you know, and I it's all about the excitement and how teams play. They're just... They get the job done. They've got some really good players. Yes, but it's just a little bit boring, isn't it? You know, the four four two, the balls into the box. No one really excites me. And I want to watch a team with a bit of flair in the final. So I really hope Spain do it. And a Spain-England final, that's just got something. It's got a ring to it, doesn't it? Spain-Australia. That's nicer. That's a nicer ring. Mm. <laughs> Is this your two old homes, England and Spain? Oh, you could say that about half the the like Phileas Fogg. <laughs> yeah, someone did actually ask me whereabouts in the world you were when I was over at the World Cup, and I was like, to be perfectly honest, I have no Don't idea. Don't even ask me. <laughs> no idea. I'm in Dublin, right? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yes, yeah, so Karen and I are real. This isn't like a, a weird fever dream or something that you're in. Um, so we want you want a Spain Australia final. You want a Spain England final. Yeah. Okay. Why do you want a Spain Australia final? For the football. For the fans. <laughs> for the fans. Um, similarly, because England haven't entertained me really. Mm. Um, the Lauren bit of, James. Lauren James has. Oh, I suppose she'll be back for the final, <laughs> but like she won't be there in the semi. So. Um, yeah, I just think that well, Australia when they get going, mm. um, they've, I suppose, the crowd and everything feed, has fed into it. Um, and you'd also like to say, oh, we we lost to a finalist by a penalty. You know, it'd be a nice little feeling to say that as well. But um, yeah, I just think the story, the story of mm. Australia would be great. Um, and I thought Mary Fowler was really, really bright yesterday. If she could just like. She just play for Ireland. And, yeah. That's from Ballymoon. <laughs> we have a bit of affinity there. So um, I just think it would be brilliant to see the hosts mm. go all the way. Well, you see how good it is for the tournament in general whenever the hosts go far. You look at like last year, England, the Euros, what it did for like the general exposure of the game in England, which is probably important considering it's the home of like the WSL and the absolute like how much that has increased viewership this year you just feel like with this Australian team that like they've really captured a nation like we saw all those videos on it's Twitter harder for Australia because they are such a multi-sport culture mm. and stuff they're not like a predominantly football nation in the same way that England are so it was a bit of an uphill battle for them to get that but when you looked at the scenes of the Melbourne and Brisbane and all the watch kind of yeah. parties and stuff. Or even and outside some of the AFL games, like the yeah. fact that everyone was just standing in the bar watching I loved the penalties. I the video of everyone watching it on the plane yeah. and then the one person with the Lord <laughs> of the Rings, but like I loved that. Like that was so good. And you just imagine that poor person, like what what's yeah. going on? Why is everyone <laughs> clapping around me? Kathleen, was it? <laughs> <laughs> it's like I've had enough. <laughs> I can't do this anymore. Uh, yeah, no, it, it was class. And like, I was getting so many videos from people that I met who were over there who were just like, we've never seen this before. Like, the bars are packed. Everyone's going mental. But also, such a, 
like it's not like I win England do well in a major tournament for like the men's side or something and things get like a bit rough or like not very fun for everyone it just seems to be everyone's having a great time and it's along for the ride which is class I think that happens in women's sport though I think there is just that kind of general feel around it whether it's in England or Australia or whatever it is but yeah they've had they've had their moments I said again this is a great thing about women's football there isn't that yeah messing (laughs) 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 you sound like my dad (laughs) all that messing that carry on I was at a women's game Man City were playing Arsenal and I was sitting behind these Arsenal fans right and Ellen White wasn't playing she was on the bench for City but she was warming up and they were hurling abuse at her like hurling abuse at her Mm. stuff they were saying I was like oh my god Anyway, at halftime, I said to them, do you know who she is? And they were, well, obviously they did because they were singing her name and everything else. And I said, do you know who she is? Like, who she played for in her in her previous life? And they were like, no. And I was like, she was a legend for Arsenal. She's played, she started at Arsenal. Like, mm. if you're going to abuse someone, do your, your research. homework. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, it's just so frustrating for me. And they were like, oh, right. I was like, you're just abusing an Arsenal legend. I was like, cop yourselves on. Don't have a word And you're yourself. being told off by an Arsenal legend. I mean, oh, they, they must definitely have gone didn't home. know who I was. <laughs> <laughs> gone home with their tails like, completely between their legs. And did they stop? Of course they did. Yeah, I'd stop if you told I, me I to stop. I was standing up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or they just moved. Can't remember, to be honest. Well, either way, you got a bit of peace for the second half. And you got to say your bit. <laughs> <laughs> you just don't want it creeping in either. Like mm. It's great to go and watch women's football. All the families are there. Kids are there. It's yeah. just a nice environment. Mm. And there's one thing I will say about this tournament as well. It's the first time I've gone to a tournament or like games where it hasn't felt like this is a family fun day out like the crowd was far more diverse and I think that served the games a lot better especially like the Irish ones I was at because it was people like in their 20s 30s 40s you know having fun going with their mates it meant like the chants were louder they were going on for longer it wasn't sometimes like I found it last year at the Euros final the energy in the stadium before the game kicked off was great and there was music and like chatter and laughter and like lots of fun but then it kind of dipped a little bit when the football started and then it would kind of go up whenever something dramatic happened and then it would dip again whereas didn't feel like that at all in the stadiums in Australia it felt quite consistent across a lot of the games maybe we didn't get well we wouldn't know would we we were stuck here <laughs> thanks for that insight Kathleen it's lovely yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for that story <laughs> sorry guys <laughs> I didn't hear that from the studio did you <laughs> no but hopefully Obviously, there was a lot of travelling fans who went over. Obviously, people are saying it's triple mm. lifetime, all this certain stuff, but that well, needs to translate. <laughs> that needs to translate into the Aviva game because yeah. so many people were talking about Ireland playing the Aviva for so long, and we should have done it in the build-up and this, that, and the other. But like, I'm still a little bit nervous about that Aviva game mm. and the crowd that we're going to get in now. So you'd hope that this is we did enough to, or the occasion did enough to capture that fan base and let it filter through that it's not just a family fun day out that it's like we get the football fans in Ireland mm. as well because um, we haven't fully seen that in Tally yet I don't think No I don't think so but hopefully as you say we have captured their attention now and they will all turn out um, tickets are still available for anyone looking to go to that game it will be a good one and a nice way to kind of round out I suppose the World Cup before we go into Nations League and Euros qualifying and stuff and WSL's turning back and there's just lots of football it's great I love it so we're going for Spain to beat Sweden Australia to beat England 
want for Karen? No, I want them to, but I don't think they will. (laughs) (laughs) No, I think England will do what they've done the whole tournament. And apart from the China game, they'll they'll do enough. Mm. I think they'll just do enough. I suppose that like they know all these players so well. That's the thing. Like so many of them play together in the WSL or against each other. You know, they're coming up against them. And I think that they have that kind of. I don't want to say arrogance, but the confidence that. They, obviously Australia brought their long winning streak to an end in that kind of pre-World Cup friendly I think they'll be like no yeah, no like they're like no this games, is us they stopped her Monday 30th I think game they're unbeaten apart from Australia, Australia. Mm-hmm. and I, I think they won't like that record. Record. No. no they won't like that at all especially because it was on home turf and stuff as well That's, mm. they're going to want to like come over to Australia and end their party but I don't know I mean, I see Australia do it it'd be good for the tournament and we like we like a feel good story in the mix. Yeah. We don't want England winning two major tournaments in a row. That would it's just boring. it is good for us though, our players. If England win as well, you have to think of it that way. Like the WSL, everything in England, we send our players over there to the teams. Everything. <laughs> do we though, or do we send we them should. to? We should championship. We, yeah, for if they're good. Okay. Well, the, if they attract too much attention, it'll go the way the Premier League and the men's game. Want a good balance. <laughs> <laughs> I love the way, Karen, you're practically like whispering that. Like, don't tell balance, them. Don't tell them. You can have some, <laughs> but not all of them. We need to you know what we need to do. We need to have an Irish team in the WSL. I thought Birmingham was going to be that team. For well, I, I got a divorce, so that didn't happen. <laughs> Sorry. Well, I should you should have taken <laughs> one for the nation, for God's sake. So selfish, rude. But can you imagine, <laughs> like, some kind of Irish connection, yeah. you know, there with the club and and feeding our players mm. over there from an early age. How mm. good that would be. We're getting that a bit with West Ham and some of the Brighton. Brighton would be a Brighton. great <laughs> place. I live very close. I could be there. I can make the tea. <laughs> you're going to say make the team and I was like, <laughs> someone get Brighton on the phone fast. Um, well, Thank you very much, guys. It was lovely to do this in person for the first time ever and meet you both for the first time ever. Um, Better than staring at your faces on screens, I have to say. A lot of fun, a lot of crack, although I have discovered that I am the smallest member of the Koi Gig podcast, which I I don't enjoy all too much. Um, (laughs) The Koi Gig pod on Off The Ball is brought to you by Cadbury, official snack partner to the Republic of Ireland women's national team. As always, we will be back very, very soon to review those semi-finals happening 9am on Tuesday and 11am on Wednesday if you want to try and watch them. But thank you very much for listening and we shall see you all very soon. The Koi Gig Pod on OTB Sports in association with Cadbury. A player and a half deserves a glass and a half of support.